0: Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. Jeff Lerner, your host, always thrilled to get to join you for another fantastic conversation with fantastic humans. Uh, today, we are joined by an extra fantastic human, Mark Lack. Uh, someone I've met personally. I don't, I can't always say I've met my guests personally before the show. In this case, I have met Mark. I met him, uh, what is this, April that we're shooting this now. So 14 months ago, I think it was February of last year uh, at an event called Webinar Con. Um, but I, and I knew who he was, uh, you know, upon seeing him, he's somebody I've known for, a, a probably known who you are for four or five years. I don't remember where I first heard your name, Mark, but uh, I guess for intro purposes, you're the founder of Shorten the Gap, which is an education and marketing company um, in a very similar space to what I do. Just, you know, entrepreneurship, branding, marketing, sales, all the, all the good stuff that makes the money move around. And uh, also the host of Business Rockstars, which I have to tell you, in the last year, I don't remember what airline I was on, but I actually saw Business Rockstars, your, your TV show, on, on the in-flight entertainment roster, Uh, I don't remember who you were interviewing, but uh, Business Rockstars, I know it's on Amazon Prime and you interview, you know, successful people and such. Uh, It's kind of your own version of Millionaire Secrets when you get to do it on TV. So anyway, Mark, so glad you're here, man. Nice to see you again. Good to be here as well. We've been waiting to plan this for months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. And, you know, Mark has a lot of expertise uh, in, in some areas that I am very greedy to know for myself, for my own, you know, diabolical purposes. So uh, this is gonna be a lot of a fun interview, and I'm gonna try not to just purely turn it into an unpaid consulting session,
1: <laughs> which <laughs> is totally fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll, well, at least make sure that the, there's as much value for the audience as there is for me. But uh, but no, I'm really I'm really excited. So first of all, um, I, I guess we caught up at webinar con. Why don't you tell me what's happened for you in the last year? It's been a, a crazy time, but I suspect you've weathered it well, knowing you.
1: Yeah, man. You know, I'll keep it short and sweet because I know this conversation is going to go in many directions. Um, you know, I, I'm grateful to say, and I and I say this humbly that you know, like most people in this online space that are at our level in the game and have been doing it for a while. You know, my business luckily has has grown, and it's it's crazy to think that so many other businesses and individuals weren't prepared for what was coming. I don't think necessarily we were prepared for what was coming, but luckily our business was already in a situation to be online. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I'm grateful to say that you know, we've hired more people as you have, you've grown just ridiculously exponentially since we've met. Um, we haven't quite grown as much as you, but we've grown about 300%, um, since we met. So in the last 12 months, our company's grown about 300% and, you know, more and more people in businesses need help online. So people like yourself and and myself with our, our business, we can step up, we get to help more individuals and more businesses. And it's been, it's been amazing. Um, I'm also extremely grateful to say that the crazy transfer of wealth happening in the world right now, I think is actually equally, if not more important to capitalize on than an online business. Um, And what I mean by that is my company grew by 300%, but my net worth grew by over 780% um, in the last 12 months. And there's just kind of this weird exponential transfer of wealth happening. Um, I believe and my advice for some people is you could probably 10X your net worth in the next couple of years, but you probably can't 10X your company in the next couple of years. So I'm spending about half of my time growing my company and I've got an amazing team that knows what they're doing. So that allows me to spend the other half of my time focused on um, my you know, a- allocation of capital and different allocation of my portfolio from crypto and gold, silver stocks, angel investing, rolling in venture funds, real estate, renewable energy and other things I'm in. So really cool time period, business is growing fast, but um, investments is also where I'm spending about half my time.
0: You know, I'm glad you said that. I, it's so funny. This morning, I you, you know, for those who can see, I'm not at home. I'm in a hotel room. I'm on I'm on vacation right now. So yesterday was a day I, I got here. It was a travel day. You know how travel days are kind of like the rules don't apply, like all your usual routines, like go out <laughs> yeah. the window. So yesterday I spent a good chunk of the day. First of all, I bought a car in the morning. Um, so then I drove the car around, then I came back to the, the hotel. And uh, I just was kind of like fiddling around with investments and stuff all day. And I woke up this morning and I still had the tabs open on my browser from like, you you know, like my crypto account or or the crypto uh, wallet platform to uh, three different platform wallets and stuff. And then I had like my E-Trade account. And first thing I did in the day was like, I'm closing all those tabs because today I'm getting real work done. (laughs) And I had like, it's almost like guilt around like, oh, I'm just going to like move money around on the board. Or like that, that. that's like, that's play, that's not work. And so I really appreciate that you started off by saying 50% of your work is your work. 50% of your work is managing the fruits that you've reaped from your work. Yeah, That's work and that it, it demands to be treated like work. And it's not just this fun thing you'll do when you have enough money to make it fun or this fun thing you'll do that you do when you have some extra time. You have to treat that part of your life like a job,
1: it is, yeah, and like I said, I mean, one of my mentors told me, he said, we, we live in this unique window of time, it might be three, five, ten years, who knows? But we are in this very, very unique window of time where you can 10, 20, 50, 100x the cash that you have in the bank in the right asset allocations, but you probably most likely cannot 10, 20, 50, 100x your company, and so that made me think, Oh my gosh. I'd be stupid if I spent all my time trying to double and triple my company when I could 100x my net worth over the next five to 10 years, just purely by making that equally as important as my company. So my company is my ATM machine. And then I take that cash. And instead of doing what I normally would do, which is pile it up and feel cool, um, or maybe just do real estate, I'm I'm looking at a lot of other asset allocation. And so that's right now, I think. You know, really fun for me is like, you know, being able to say, wow, I can take my melting ice cube of cash in my bank and I can can allocate it in the right, um, you know, asset classes and and see it multiply by 5, 10, 20 X, which normally would be completely unrealistic based on status quo investment. You're lucky to make 20% a year. Um, But right now, I mean, you could see 200% to 2000% a year in the right asset allocation. And it's not even really that risky, depending on your definition of risk,
0: you know? Well, it's, I mean, and the things that people traditionally do with their money, I think are are fraught with risk right now. And frankly, I think holding cash is. It, it, it. I think you should have three to six months
1: of cash yeah. in the bank. And then the rest should be put into other things which we can discuss, which none of this is financial advice. My lawyer would tell me to say so. None of this is financial advice, um, but it is what I'm doing. And I'm just sharing my own, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, Again, And I was telling you, you know, 160 plus episodes of Millionaire Secrets. I've never pre-planned an interview. I've never scripted a question. I have no idea ever where we're going to go. And the universe always seems to lead us. I mean, I'm just going to follow the lead here and say, I think we're meant to have a a conversation about what are two successful entrepreneurs who got enough money to be dangerous doing with their money right now to try to go from and I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like I have enough wealth. I mean, I certainly have what most people would consider an enviable amount of wealth, but I don't have what feels like FU money, like, yeah. FU money, like <laughs> fortress built from heaven money of like, you know, come what may the, the Gauls can sack Rome and I'll just be up mm-hmm. on the Hill safe with my kids. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, and by the way, I have some, you know, I think specific, in fact, let's start here. Here's a fun question. How much net worth do you think is enough to be gen let's call it multi-generationally bulletproof in this modern world?
1: Great question. Everybody, depending on which country you live in is going to have a different answer. Mm -hmm. I live, I live in California, which sucks um, for tax purposes and political views, depending on yours, um, which we won't get into, but um, I live obviously in America because I'm in California and that's so that, debatable,
0: bro. That's debatable.
1: I know, I know. So I, I'm I'm in America, in California. And with that being said, my dollar amount that I have to say is much different than if I lived in another another country. So I'll start there. It's it's right. it's, it's it's not just across the board wherever you live. But if it's a, for me, if it's 300 million, which it is, um, in America, and California, then I'm going to be that much richer if I go anywhere else. And so for me, it's 300 million. I already know the number. I already know why the number, and it might go to a billion because my wife and some of my mentors are like, once you hit 300 million, you know, it's not that hard to triple and you can triple it over 10 or 20 years. You can triple it over two years. I mean, you look at like Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and some of these other guys, they have doubled their net worth since 2020. Yeah. Zoom right? Zoom went up like 1200%. The guy was worth like 50 million. Now he's worth like 12 billion in (laughs) one year. Zoom technology, which is what we're on now. And so, you know, for me, the number is 300 million. Uh, It allows me to create the generational wealth, the passive income, the risk, the legacy, the generational wealth, the contribution, the impact, the charities, the foundations, the trust and everything else that I know I need to create to create my um, lack Roman empire that I'll be that I'm building towards.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. What? So what? I, I, and man, I, I, I hope. Are you? First of all, this is like this kind of fringes on like personal information, and you know, it's like I mean, there's like an implication at least. Okay, well, we know what Mark's trying to get if he ha- doesn't have it yet, right? Like, so are you? Uh-huh. Is this okay to talk about? Like, are you- yeah, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm a, I'm a ninety nine point nine percent open book. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, and that's how I feel. I feel like as entrepreneurs, like, listen, man, the, the, think about the educational system. And you know, that's, that's where I've made my bed is trying to reform yep. education. The educational system to me is based so much on this smoke and mirrors. And, and, and it comes down to this. It's like most kids don't want the life of the people they're learning from
1: facts and I hated my experience in school formal education but self-education is what made me a multimillionaire in my 20s and now I'm turning 31 in four days so um you know self-education is everything and and, you know I don't like to say self-made I've got mentors and coaches and family and friends that have supported me but like it sure as hell didn't happen from school
0: yeah yeah self-education I I think of it as like just alternative education. It's the alternative to the mainstream educational system. And the mainstream educational system is populated with government workers who have, you know. A pension plan. Pension plans and quasi tenure performance standards, uh, you know, very difficult to fire, somewhat incestuous cultures. I was watching this funny sitcom the other day that had two teachers talking. And one teacher was telling another story about how she got so mad at her students, she sabotaged her science project. And the other one said, congratulations, you're one of us now. You're a kid hater. Like, wow. and it's like, it, it just, that's just, and I realized it was a sitcom, but it's also funny because mm-hmm. it's kind of true. Um, yeah. You know, that's the educational system. And so I think when people come to guys like us to learn, the, one of the greatest acts of service we can provide is to just be like, err on the side of being real. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember my teachers growing up and like, I didn't know the first thing about their personal lives. Yeah, you weren't even, you weren't allowed to ask. I wasn't allowed to ask my teacher how much money they made. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, I mean, you already you already know, right? They're making at least for me not what I wanted to make. Most teachers right. don't make a hundred grand and whatever, right? It's like yeah, and know, so it's I, not, it's I just
0: appreciate your willingness to be super transparent. My, I actually I'm interested how you interested how you came up with three hundred million. My number is a hundred million. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: mine was hundred million, but hundred million is not and by my definition. It totally ranges, right? Like we were just talking about, we were laughing before this. I was like, there's people who make $3 billion a day companies, at least. Um, and you know, when you do the math, it's like, geez, like that's a whole nother level. There's always levels to the game. 300 million, like we were saying is still broke compared to a guy worth 10 billion. Um, but 300 million for me, I could spend hundred million and still have 200. And there's not not many things cost 100 million. But like, for me, 100 million, as soon as you spend 1 million, you're out of the nine figure range now. And I just didn't want to know that as soon as I spend one penny, I'm no longer a nine figure person. So if I have 300 million, then I I have my allocation of where I, I see those things being divided up. And I'll never not be worth nine figures at that level. And it'll only go up, you know what right. I mean? As I as I invest in the right places. It will be 10, 20, 30 years. I will be a billionaire at some point, just purely based on once I have 300 million net worth, those investments will appreciate to a billion. So I'll be a billionaire at some point in my life, but my goal is to make 300 million first. And then at that point, obviously we'll play the game and see what happens.
0: So I, I want to intervene on our, our inner what interject in, into our own conversation, whatever the word is, intervene, intercept, interject. Mm-hmm. And
1: real quick on that note, just for people listening, the more money you make, if you do it right and you play the game right, your money just keeps multiplying even if you don't do anything. So, like, there is a certain level at which, like, when you hit $100 million, if you, if you're, by my definition, dumb and you have all cash and you just hold your cash, you don't invest... At all, you own all your cars and houses, which aren't investments by my definition of an investment. Right. Um, you just own your house, you own your cars. Those are not investments. You might own some watch, you own everything, but you have all the rest of your money in cash. Then you'd have a hundred million dollars and you'd slowly probably lose your wealth. Um, but if you have a hundred million dollars, you own all your stuff which is probably only 20, 30 million, you have another 70 million to play with and the 70 million gets invested into things, you're going to be magically over the lifetime of compounded interest worth two, 300 million at some point. It's just math. If you understand compounding interest and appreciation in the right asset classes, 100 million just has to turn into 200 over a long enough period of time. But some people look at it differently. So that's why it's like, once you make 100 million, I mean, you're only going to keep going up from there if you do the right investments.
0: Yeah, you. it's like, if it's, You have to try really hard to not make money at that point.
1: Yeah, because it's not, oh, I have $100 I could live off that. No, I have $100 If I invest 80 of it and it makes me 10% on my money, I make $8 million a year in passive income, which, do the math, that's $700,000 a month. Can you live off $700,000 a month? And that's free money that could be completely tax-free if it's in the right renewable energy, land, minerals, and real estate and mobile homes. So really, once you hit a certain level, your money makes you money. Your money works for you and makes you more money. And that was something we were talking about. I made more money last year doing nothing than my business did because of my investments, my, my cash made me more money than I could working my butt off.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so so I wanna, again, I wanna kind of inter, intercept this conversation and say, okay, right now you and I are two successful entrepreneurs totally geeking out on the stuff that like, if you, it was just you and me having lunch, this is probably the exact conversation we'd be talking about, right? And we
1: were, and you're like, shoot, we better start this interview.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. I was like, hold on, let's stop talking and actually hit record, which yeah. is probably how we got to back to the subject so fast. Um, but I, I want to just acknowledge too, I mean, 12 years ago, I was a broke musician living in my ex-wife's parents' spare bedroom out of pity. Like, mm-hmm. and I remember that guy. And I'm, if that guy was listening to this interview with these two assholes. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're such assholes. <laughs> the, the number is hundred million or 300 million,
1: he would, uh-huh.
0: he would be, I, I, that guy actually was, was, I think, self-aware enough not to be offended. But he would have had, there would have been a gap between, there would have been a a relatability gap. That's awesome, but that's great for those guys, but like that doesn't apply to me. And Mm so, I mean, your company's shortened the gap, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Let's try to close that gap for that guy because I see full well now how that guy, and, and, and again, that guy, that earlier version of myself, I had some really great mentors. I did a lot of the right things. I did begin with the end in mind, I did think really big so that my actions have the potential to be as big as my thoughts and my beliefs. Like I did Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff, right. But let's talk to that guy and say, here's why you shouldn't tune out of this conversation. Well,
1: there's so many things, right? I mean, the first thing would be, you know, prescription before diagnostic would be malpractice. So to just start spitting out remedies and mantras and action steps and habits and rituals and paradigm shifts. I mean, it would be malpractice as a professional myself who does consulting with thousands of people a year, both personal development, business, consulting, marketing, et cetera. I would say to just ambiguously start throwing things out would probably be harder to hit a bullseye. So in actuality, I would need to sit down and ask that person some questions, or I would need to right now frame some questions that they could then sit and digest. Um, but I would also need to get a better understanding of, you know, why they are the way they are, you know, and I hate to get into the deep psychological stuff, but like, how did you get to where you are? Like what conditioned you to believe and think the way you are? Cause I could say something to you, which I literally said earlier. I was like, yo, I could do a full hour long topic on the interview of this, or I could just for the listeners, or I could tell you it in three minutes and you get it. And that's what I'm saying is I could throw out some anecdotal things that he should be doing. And he might, he might say, wow, that's powerful. And then an hour and a half later, completely forget next week. Don't even remember a month from now, just it's gone. And so that's the difference is you and, you and I unconsciously are competent, like brushing our teeth. We know how to put ourselves. We might go off. The thermostat might go off. The temperature might change, but we come right back to our neutral. I cannot not be healthy. I cannot not make money. And I cannot not think and be positive when people are around me like, God, why are you so positive? I'm like, because I'm, I used to not be, and I can't not be positive anymore. I'm Pollyanna. I've, I've conditioned myself to be a positive person. It doesn't mean I'm always positive. I have my days. So my long rant and point of this is I could say these little things. You should do this. And it's like, oh, that's great, but they're still not going to do it because they've been conditioned and conditioned and conditioned. And, you know, it took you however many years or 12 years to get to where you are because there's a lot of conditioning that needed to happen. So that would be the first thing is I'd say the environment that that person's living in environment is food, the basement, friends, radio, music, television, Netflix, um, the refrigerator, your bedroom, your office. Um, All of those are environments. Everything is an environment, your mind, your body, all of those things, what you listen to is an environment. And so I'd have to ask that person, what environment are you in that's conditioned you to think, feel, and behave a certain way? Because once you understand that it's your environment that conditions you to think, feel, and behave a certain way, because if you hang out with broke people, you're going to become broke or stay broke. If you hang out with rich people, you're going to start to think a little different like rich people, which is why your podcast is so amazing because they get to sit down and listen to different people who've made certain levels of wealth. So the first thing with anybody who wants to change their result is not to change their behavior because the, the reason why they haven't changed their behavior in the first place is because just changing your behavior is not enough. You can't just change the way you think and feel either. You have to change the way that you're conditioned and the way that your condition is in your environments. So you need that guy, Jeff, 12 years ago, needs new friends, needs new things he watches, needs new things he listens to, needs new needs a new room. It's probably, it's probably got shit all over the floor. He needs to clean it up so he's organized because when you're organized, you have an organized mind. And when you can be cleared in the mind, you can control how you start to behave a lot easier. When everything's messy and clouded, so are you. And so you need to go back. You don't just say, hey, Jeff, from 12 years ago, here's a new habit for you to do. Shut up, that's not gonna work. For 99% of people, willpower and saying, I'm gonna go to the gym, that's not enough. That's why whatever the stat is, 96% of New Year's resolutions fail because saying you're gonna change the behavior and doing it short-term is not enough. And changing how you think and feel, although there's ways you can do it, that's not enough. You need to go to the absolute root cause. How do I get a new result? Well, change the behavior, change the thoughts, change the feelings. How do you do that? Change the conditioning. How do you do that? Change the environment. If I forced you into an environment where I made you the healthiest, best, successful version of you, I couldn't do that just by talking to you. I have to actually change your environment or I could do it by talking to you and then you have to change your environment. And the thing that sucks for most people is their environment that they're so attached to is their friends, their family, where they live and all of that. I've heard all the excuses. Oh, but I live in Mississippi with my parents who are broke and I can't leave. And I'm like, but Mississippi is the reason you're broke and your parents are, but you can't leave, but you want to be successful. Something has to change. And for, for me, I was that Jeff 12 years ago and my own version, as many people listening might still be that person. You got to change the environment. You got to change every aspect of your life that is conditioning you to think, feel, and behave the way that you are. And the first thing is usually your friends and your family. And it doesn't mean you have to change them. It just means you have to distance yourself from letting them condition you. Oh, Jeff, don't do that. That's too risky. Don't buy Bitcoin. That's stupid. Don't do, don't go to that seminar. It's a scam. Why are you listening to this Jeff and Mark guy? Those guys are scammers. Those guys are rich douches. No, we're not. We understand we've learned certain things we've applied them. And I get a lot of joy and fulfillment sharing this information because it's changed my life. I used to be the same Jeff in the basement 12 years ago too, in my own version. Um, I've read a lot of books. If this is only audio, they won't see my bookshelves behind me, but I've read a lot of books. I've worked on myself. Um, So again, back to my point here, you got to change the environment because that's what does the conditioning. And if you do that long enough, like for me, you know, I already... I've already, I've already done so much work on myself, but I always have this sheet underneath my desk and it's all my goals. It's my affirmations. It's what's conditioning me. So every single day, Jeff, I'm reading my goals for this year. This is my goals for this year. This is my goals for the next five years. And this is my affirmations. Um, Look at it. Look at this. I am a multimillionaire. I am smart with my money and my investments always pay me huge returns. I have the knowledge, skills, and connections to achieve my goals. Nothing will stop me from building my wealth and legacy. Literally, Jeff, right here, it says I will be worth $300 million before the age of 50. There it is, folks. And so I condition this into my brain. I don't say, oh, one time I told myself that would be my goal. No, I condition it every single day so that literally in my soul and my spirit there's absolutely no way I'm not going to achieve what I set my mind to because I condition it every
0: single day. It's so true. You know, it's funny as as I'm listening to you, I'm realizing like I'm remembering. Cause you're like that guy, Jeff, that version of Jeff, he needs new friends. He needs new, a new place to live. He needs new habits. He needs, I've got it. I, I've got it all. I've got all new, everything. The new bank account came last. Of course it always does. Yeah. I, I broke, I, I remember the best thing that ever happened to me was getting so rock bottom, so far down, so humiliated and embarrassed that it actually made it easier. To withdraw from the life that got me to that point it's unfortunate that that's what happens with some people i didn't want to face those people anymore i didn't want to go back to that existence and it actually made it easier to go in another direction i think most people's problem their challenge not their problem their obstacle is their life the life that's not good enough hasn't gotten bad enough
1: for that's like jim Rohn's quote until the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change we will remain the same which basically just means until you're so pissed off at, and hit rock bottom you're going to stay the same because it's more easy and comfortable which is human nature which is what sucks our body is literally designed to keep us mediocre i hate to say it but our hardwiring of our brain does not like working and change and discomfort that's why most people are out of shape that's why most people have a regular mediocre life that they've settled for. And, and you and I both know that it's, it's because the rest of society has been conditioned and the government and politics and school is conditioning us to all be average.
0: Oh, I, I, I've considered banning that word on my podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's useful only for purposes of contrast. So we'll allow it. That's it. it.
1: We'll allow it for this time. (laughs) But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I went on a rant there, but it's so true. Like I could, I trust me. I know I've, I've been to the Tony Robbins seminars and he's amazing. He's one of my top mentors that changed my life, but it's not because I learned his anecdotal stuff. It's because I totally, completely changed my entire life. And I did that by changing my friends, changing my environment. And it was tough. I mean, I was the dumb kid in school. So when I started doing this personal development stuff, everybody was like, bro, you couldn't even make it in school. You think you're going to make it in life? And I was like, Oh, that hurts. That drives me that much more to prove you wrong. Like Michael Jordan got picked last on the basketball team in high school. Well, and he said, y'all, y'all are going to regret it. And now I make more than my whole college and high school class combined. Um, and I don't say that in a jerk way. I just, it's just, it's facts. Like, let's just pull it up and it's let's look not, at it. It's
0: not jerky if it's true and you're not it's facts. to put someone else down.
1: It's not exactly. It's just facts. It's just lay out the numbers. Let's line them up. Um, and so it's just simple. Like if you change the environment, the problem is uh, and my college has invited me back, um, to speak to the master's degree classes of marketing, which I graduated a bachelor's in marketing and I, and I failed a lot of my classes and whatever. I was the worst student. And yet I'm getting invited back to speak at the master's level. Um, and I'm teaching these kids like totally different stuff than the school is. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell them the same thing. I'm like this environment, you're going to be the worst marketer. You're not going to get a job and you're going to fail in the real world. If you start your own business, having an MBA in marketing from this college or any college probably isn't going to give you what you need you need to spend your own money on ads you need to get punched in the face you need to get in that environment the real environment you can't learn about boxing on um a youtube channel you right. need to get you need to get in the ring you need to get knocked out and you need to you need to be in that environment and so most people have an environment in their life and all the other areas that's conditioning them for average mediocreness and again i only used it for contrast
0: <laughs> yeah no no of course I, I from from you the word is is totally fine because i know how you mean it um it's funny though on Instagram, like I rail against the average life and li- you know average thinking all the time, and I get people commenting on Instagram. I'm like, at least be embarrassed to comment about that publicly, and they're like, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with the average life. It's it's just fine, and it's not so much stress or something. I'm like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, and and see, the environment has conditioned them
0: to believe that. Yeah, it's not so much stress until something goes wrong, and you completely lack the resources, the skills the adaptability or whatever you need to deal with it and now your desire to avoid stress becomes the unavoidable stress in your life because you don't have what it takes to, to fix it
1: exactly anyway. you, you 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 rationalize you literally rationalize your situation like a like a crazy if you watch these you know crazy shows or documentaries like you can see somebody rationalize why they murdered people and went on a, a crazy spree you see them yeah. rationalizing it their brain levels are normal they're not lying they're truthfully telling you why they did what they did and in their body and their biochemistry their brain waves it was rational it made sense and they were not a bad person and everybody else is like what and so you just got to realize that your thoughts are not true. Yeah. It, it's just you're conditioned yourself to believe it's true. Like we were talking all oh, hundred millions this or that. It's that's not a lot, that's not a little, it just is. Everything's neutral law of relativity. And so being average, that's by your definition, go and go look at some other place in a third world country where they live off 25 cents a month, that's average and normal for them, but that wouldn't be for you. So everyone has a different average and a different normal, So even when somebody's saying, oh, average and normal is good, it's less stressful, that's their own definition of average and normal. Right now, you and me, this is average and normal. Making millions of dollars and impacting people's lives and running a company, that's the different average and normal for us. I'm striving for 300 million, I got a ways to go. And then when I get
0: there, that'll be a new average and normal. So it's all based on our own conditioning and and definition. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to let you know, you can get a free copy of my book, the Millionaire Shortcut, which will show you the fastest way to become a millionaire in the new economy. And there's a special link just for this episode in the description. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. First of all, uh, congrats on getting invited back to speak at your um, your alma mater. And I, I actually just found out. Yeah, it's so funny too, man. Because I was <laughs> I was the worst college student. It took me 10 years to finish college, and even getting into college was a miracle because I didn't finish high school, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, the the University of Houston Honors College is actually writing an article about me right now.
1: They so, always want to take the um, the claim that a successful businessman came from our school system.
0: And I and I I actually love the the people at the Honors College because they were kind of like anti bureaucracy even in their own little their own little silo. But um, but yeah, it's just it's cool that, but it is it's. It, and actually you mentioned, what'd you say, an MBA? I just got to share this too. And it's not like I'm totally anti-education, although it feels like so often I'm saying I'm not anti-education.
1: But it's then the I, It's the traditional education system.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. But then I was like, you'll never hear me. It's hard for me to be like pro-traditional education system because it's so messed up that until it's repaired or I think probably burned down and rebuilt Mm -hmm. it's hard to be for it but I here I am saying I'm not totally against it because I do think there's some people in the world where it's it serves them kind of in a necessary evil sort of way yeah but uh, but I had a guy I was talking to a guy the other day um, who was one of the first 10 employees at Microsoft and um, he now you know he's retired long retired and he he ran a a $10 billion division of Microsoft. You know, he had his own $10 billion PL that he managed and obviously really successful guy. And now he just, you know, consults and angel invests and stuff. And he said, the companies I invest in, we don't hi- we won't hire MBAs. We won't hire United States MBAs because hmm. they come in uh, with two massive liabilities. One is that they, they think they know stuff. Um, and two is that all the stuff they don't know, that they won't learn because of the pride of thinking they know stuff will get us all killed. And um, he just like, I won't, I won't even hire them. So it, it is uh it is interesting, you know. Like you said, you gotta go get your ass kicked in the real world. And um, I can't remember the other thing I was gonna say. You prompt you, like you went on a rant, and it, I had like 10 things. I'm like, I need to talk about that, <laughs> but uh But yeah, I think again, going, I know, well, yeah, tell me more. So, so you talked about how you had, you were your own version of that guy that broke musician. What, what, who was that version? Tell me your, your story of like, you know, what was your rock bottom that finally compelled you to buck the trends in your life?
1: So I'll, I'll fly through the bullet points of it. Was terrible in school, went in and out of different sports to try to keep me out of trouble. My parents put me in different sports because they were like, okay, our son is getting in lots of different, lots of trouble at school. And hanging out with the wrong crew, the wrong environment, um, it put me in sports, tried to keep me out of trouble. Didn't like sports because they had too many rules. Then weirdly enough, my brother had like a birthday party for paintball. You know, we run around and shoot each other. And um, I was like 10 years old, loved it for some reason. Then I, that was like, I'm going to commit. I'm going to become the best at paintball. Long story short, I got really into it about 14. And then from 14 to 18, I became one of the highest paid paintball professionals in the whole world. I traveled a quarter million miles around the globe, Amsterdam, London, Belgium, Germany, Paris, Canada, 42 out of 50 States in America. I was like an elite member of American airlines in high school from traveling a quarter million miles within like two years. Um, I was like living on an airplane and out of hotels, which only fueled my hatred for school because I was also, I made $300,000 in cash in high school playing professional paintball. So that's where I made my money. Everyone else had a summer job at a pizza shop. I was making $300,000 playing professional paintball, traveling the world, first class, getting paid to have traveled the world. Um, and then in my little world, I was a rock star. Everybody was like, oh my God, it's Mark Lack, like one of the top players in the whole world. I'd take my jersey off at 17 years old. I'd sell it for 1200 euros cash back when the euro in like 2008 was worth you know twice the dollar. So I'd make like thousands of dollars just for taking my jersey off and giving it to somebody in Europe for whatever reason us players are way more famous out there in europe um and so i'd go out on the weekend i'd miss like five days of school i'd make like ten thousand dollars cash i'd come home with a wad of money um and just feeling like a rock star just taking first place in another part of the country coming back with a wad of cash and then in school i'm the stupid kid who's failing who's a class clown you know teachers hate me i've got my little clique um of friends And it was probably the, you know, the wrong group of friends that, you know, and so long story short, I was a rock star in my tiny little paintball world. And then when I came home, I was the stupid dumb kid who it didn't matter what I did. I wasn't good enough. And so I had this really weird, like inner conflict where it's like, I wasn't just the dumb kid. I had a little taste, like for some people, it's a gang for some people it's, um, Video games nowadays. For some people, it's sports. For me, it was paintball sport. Um, and you, you know, Tony Robbins' six human needs, you gravitate towards what fulfills your needs. Mm-hmm. And nothing in my life fulfilled my needs the same way that being one of the best in the world of paintball did. So that fueled me to become even more the best, the best, the best. And I'm that kind of guy. I'm an all in kind of guy. If I say I'm going to be the best, I'm going to be the best. Um, and so the problem was I kept failing school even more because I kept missing it for paintball. And long story short, I went to a junior college because I couldn't even get into a regular college, a university. I didn't have the grades. So the only thing I could do was go to a junior college, which pretty much accepts anybody. And it costs like $20 to go. So I went to a junior college. I couldn't even pass junior college. I failed so many times. So I had to take like three years of junior college just to be able to go to a university. Um, And then it took me two and a half years to graduate the university Um, I ended up having like 1,000 credits. You only need like 300 to get a bachelor's degree. I had like 1,000 credits. Um, And so long story short, I hated it. Um, I was really good at delegating and outsourcing, if you know what I mean. Um, in school, they call that cheating. But um, in the real world, it's called delegating and outsourcing. But CEOs who make the most money delegate and outsource all the time and have other people do the work for them and they okay. get rewarded rewarded for that. But in school, if somebody does the work for you, it's called cheating, which is so funny that it's conditioning you to become a single individual employee. Put your head down. Don't ask for re- resources. Don't collaborate. Don't work with team members. Don't have any help. Um, no open notes, no notes just all memorization. So school literally conditions you for the worst possible reality of how the real world rewards you. And so um, I kept playing paintball too, but I made this decision. I was like, guys are 30 years old playing paintball with me traveling the world. And I was 17, 18, 19, 20. And I was like, I do not want to be like these guys at 30. No disrespect. I want to be rich and a multimillionaire. And it ain't going to happen from school and it ain't going to happen from paintball. So I was like, I need to get my life together. So I started searching on the internet. How do I become rich? How do I become successful? How do I become confident? How do I become the cool guy? And I started finding Tony Robbins and all these other people. Um, I became obsessed 10, 12, 14 hours a day, studying that stuff. I was in the back of the classroom. If I even went, I did class. A lot of times so I go sit on the beach and look at the mansions and listen to Tony Robbins and all this other stuff and say, I'm going to own those one day. Um, and so I just became obsessed 10, 12, 14 hours a day, calling up seminars, negotiating for me to volunteer, to get in a free ticket. I went to every possible seminar I could go to, um, listened to every possible book, tens of, I swear, 20 to 25,000 hours of personal development is what I've studied over the last 14 years. Um, just became obsessed. Like I always do, I'm all in or I'm all out. And, um, and then I, I got to a point where when I graduated college, I was like, I'm either going to go and work for somebody else and be the number one sales guy. Cause that was what I figured. How do you get rich? Become the top sales guy. Um, so I became really good at sales, psychology, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And I was like, I'm going to become the top sales guy at a company, or I'm going to start my own business. And so I said, screw it. I'm going to start my own business. So I started my own business. Um, and then on the, so Monday through Friday, I was working on my business. When I graduated college, Saturday and Sunday, I'd go fly around the country and even Canada and other countries. And I was the guy who would speak on stages as an MC and sales rep who would go and speak at somebody's seminar and then help sell at the back of the room and and generate, you know, half a million to $2 million in a weekend as the sales rep for some other guy's event. Um, So I did that on the weekend that gave me some additional cash flow to keep reinvesting back into my company to start it. Um, failed and struggled miserably for the first like year. Then two years, I was making it within two years. I was making a quarter million dollars, three years, over half a million, four years, made my first million, five years, multi-millions. And now I'm in my eighth year and, you know, we're doing, we're doing well, (laughs) we're we're at eight figures. So we're doing pretty good now. Um, And yeah, it's been a wild
0: journey. Man, what a, what a crazy story. You, you reminded me of, of some of the things I was, I was going to talk about earlier. You know, it's, you described that and, and and I would argue, I would suggest, I don't, I, you're what in your thirties? Yeah, I'll turn 31 in a couple of days. Okay, I'm 42. Um, and I would, I'm. I, you you made me think. Like, I wonder how much personal development I've done. I mean at least 25 30,000 hours. I mean just I still do an hour or two every day. It's like just of course. my life. You well you
1: you're also living it and that's the difference too, right? Is like you need to do it at first, which means doing it is like studying it and embodying it and being at the seminars and reading the books and listening to the yeah. audio tapes so that you can condition yourself for how to unconsciously live personal development. Totally. I think I'm thinking, feeling and behaving personal development where before I needed to study it and learn it. Now I'm living it every single day. So, I mean, really 24 hours a day, you add that up. It's like, that's truly how many hours you got under your
0: belt. I think a lot of it is I'm, I'm, I feel like I live my life trying to find the next question Hmm. so that I can go seek the answer with intention. And I think a lot of living is about actually trying to avoid creating questions. That's how a lot of people live. I love finding a better question. Like when I'm like, and I just think about how I live my life and where my head is at all the time. It's like, how do I, it's not even just how do I solve X problem? It's like, how do I define the problem in even bigger terms? So it'll beg for an even bigger solution. And, love then, it. you know, and, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's like, I think about my inner monologue sometimes. And I, I think you're right. After thousands of hours of listening to you know every name a personal development person and I guarantee you I've listened to them for for sure hours or more and it's like I can't not think that way and it is it's so and that's what you did though is you
1: change the environment to condition yourself so you automatically think and feel and behave congruently to achieving the goals that you want and that's what most people don't get
0: and and, and what it required I remember and I in hindsight it was literally the greatest moment you know, adjusted for time. If you back out of time and, for, and, and realize, you know, think of time as just this, everything happens at once, not it's on a continuum. Then the greatest moment of my life was probably the most awkward I've ever felt. And it, it was the most fish out of water I've ever felt. <laughs> and it was in 20, in 2008, I uh, like November, 2008, I was broke. I was in all this debt. I was totally rock bottom. And I went online and I bought some online course I was like, I'm going to learn to market, to be an affiliate marketer. Right. And they were having an event in March. So like four months later, they were having an event and I I scrounged up the money to get to that event. And that event, it was in Lake Tahoe. is it, it was at Harvey's casino, which is like the sister property to Harrah's in Lake Tahoe. And um, there were about 400 people there and I have never felt more like a fish out of water. I'm a broke musician, half a million dollars in debt, just spent like, three grand between plane tickets and hotels and a food budget. Like I had, I should not have been in this room listening to these multi-millionaires talk about digital marketing or internet marketing. They didn't really call it digital marketing yet at the time. And um, and I, like all the people around me, I just, I've never, and there's pictures from that event. I'm wearing this, I don't even know where I got this jacket. It's like three <laughs> sizes too big. It's got elbow patches. It was like my dad's old jacket or something. And I've never felt more fish out of water. And it was, I've never felt a stronger pull to go back to my old shitty life.
1: Because you were in an environment that was so uncomfortable and unfamiliar that it really puts you on edge. And that's what, again, that's what most people do is they retreat back to the environment that makes them feel most comfortable. And environments is habits, friends, music, shows, food, comfort. It's comfort, right?
0: Totally. And it's, and it's interesting because if I just look at my life through the lens of that event or that type of event, you know, I was wretchedly uncomfortable. I went to a few more events just to get comfortable being in a room like that, in an energy like that, with a focus like that. Few more events before maybe I at least knew some of the people that were speaking at those. A yeah. few more after that, I actually got to speak at those type of events few more after that, I got to actually. You're hosting those events. <laughs> yeah, now And now I, at first, a few after that, I got to actually, or many after that, I got to actually host those events where I would contract somebody to set it up, but it was my company putting it on mm-hmm. to where now, finally, in the last six months, Antra, we've actually built internally our own events company to where now I own the company that produces those events. Love it. So like those hops, that 12 years of hopping, all because I just, what if I had run out of the room? Look at all the, the, the possibility that evaporates if I, if I don't s- sit in the space of that discomfort long enough to slowly not get used to it. it took months to get used to it.
1: And I want to say, you are still the same guy who's the same student who knows that you're never, you never made it. You, you and I met at an event where even though we're both you know, relatively successful, we both make millions of dollars. You and I were both going back to the roots that got us to where we're at. You and I both invested thousands of dollars. I think it was four grand a ticket.
0: It was 4,500 bucks. And I 40 had, and two days before the event, they had already closed the cart, and I was begging the host, Anik, who's our friend. I was like, bro, uh-huh. I just heard about this event. I would have bought a ticket. Please, please. And he, I had to send him a personal PayPal. Yeah, so yeah. you and I
1: both paid $4,500 plus flights, plus hotels. So, I mean, we're all in for like seven grand minimum, right. um, you know. And so you and I still, this was just last year, um, are going back to the roots that made us who we are, which is investing in being a student first, even though we're both in education as leaders and role models and teachers and consultants, the way that we got here is by investing in being a student. And to, I, I love that you brought that up because you're still that same guy. And as am I, what got us to where we're at is that we're always a student first. You and I both paid seven grand to be at an event. And even though we've known of each other before that, we both really connected in person at that event as a student sitting in the audience of the small little group of successful guys learning from each other. So I just wanted to just pin that because that's so critical that, you know, you've never made it. You always got to go back to the basics and that's being a student.
0: No, it's so true. And, and really the best, you know, the best educators are just the best students um, yep. that invite other people to learn along with them. Yep. But, um, but the other thing I'll share about this event, and I would love to hear about your first event. I feel like everybody in our world has like the the story of their first event, right? Yeah, yeah. But what I'll tell you about that event is the guy who was the MC, I later founded a company with. Um, if I think about the other people in the room, another guy who was on stage at that event getting an award, I later also founded a company with. Um the guy whose company was hosting the event, I later married his daughter, who's now my <laughs> wife, who's on this wow. with me, wow. um, and the mother of my children, and I can't ever talk about it without getting emotional. It's like silly still, because <laughs> um, there's a whole story there. But yeah, I mean, my, like, there was so much possibility in that room. There was so much waiting for me in that room mm. that I was, I was this close to running away from. And, and I
1: think that's the biggest sign for people listening right now is the moments that you feel most uncomfortable could potentially be the moments that change your life.
0: But I had to fly. Bear in mind, I was broke. That person you talked about in Mississippi who's living mm-hmm. with her parents. Yeah. I had all the same excuses. I had to I've, I've heard them all. And Go to Lake Tahoe for that. By the way, another, another guy who was also co-hosting that event was my coach who gave me the strategy, but I was paying at the time as a, as a personal coach, He he gave me the strategy that I used to start Entra, my company now, which has changed everything, you know? I mean, it was all in that room. That room is a metaphor, I think, for so many people. Uh, Tell me about your room, man. What was your first event like?
1: You know, it's the craziest thing ever. My room was actually a JT Fox event. If, if you know who that is, we won't even get into it. Um, You know, JT's, you know, a controversial guy character for people who don't know, Um, but he puts on these big events, the mega seminars. I don't even think he does them anymore in America and the U S but yeah, he was doing these mega seminars with 2000, 3000 people. He had all these massive celebrities speaking. That was, I don't think that was the first event that might've been the second event. I might be getting my first and second event mixed up. If JT's was the first or second, the other one was Brad sugars. And Brad Sugars is a billionaire and he has this whole, I've got his collection of books right here. Um, he has a whole series of books and it's amazing. It's like, he's, he's a billionaire and he's the guy who taught me. He said this on stage. It was a room full of suit and ties. And I was like 18 years old. And he said, how many of you would, if you could make 10 million or hundred million or a billion dollars in the next 10 years, in the next 10 years, you could achieve any business goal, personal goal, financial goal, 10 years. If all you had to do was shovel elephant poop every single day for one hour and everybody's hand shot up. He's like only one hour a day, shoveling elephant poop. And at the end of 10 years, you'll have achieved any financial goal you want. And everybody's hand went up. These are all grown ass adults. I'm 18 years old in the back of the room in a hoodie and a hat. And I'm like, my hand's like, Oh, uh, okay. Everyone else's hands up. Um, and these are all grown ass adults with careers and businesses. And this guy's a billionaire asking the question. And then he said, Now I got good news. You don't have to actually shovel elephant poop to achieve your goal in 10 years. You just have to replace the hour of shoveling elephant poop with reading a book that will get you closer to the goal. And after 10 years, an hour a day is, you know, 365 hours. And if you do the math, you know, an hour a day at 365 hours ends up being like two full months of uninterrupted work. And then you do that for 10 years, that ends up being, um, like two and a half years of like uninterrupted or whatever, almost two years of uninterrupted nonstop every day grinding to achieve your goals over 10 years. And he goes, you really want to be an overachiever? Read two hours a day, three hours a day, four hours a day. That day I left the room. I started studying 10 to 14 hours a day of books because I said, if it, if that billionaire said I can achieve anything in 10 years, if I read one hour a day, I'll read 10 hours a day. And I've been reading back then I did, I don't need more. I'm running a multi-million dollar company and all these other stuff. Um, I used to read 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, plus audiobooks. I would do nothing. That was all I did. Um, and then I started to dwindle down and now I read about an hour a day, um, but I used to do 10 to 12 hours a day. And within about five years of him saying that I became a, a millionaire. And then the next year, a multimillionaire and, you know, and, and now it's, you know, 12, 12, 13 years later since that day. Um, but it was all from that advice. An hour a day will pave the way. An hour a day will pave the way. Most people here don't even don't even listen or read for one hour a day. So, of course, you're not going to change your life.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the thing. Like, a lot of people say, yeah, but how do you know? How do you know it's going to work? Like, I, if, if I do <laughs> three months, I haven't seen the result. What? How do I know to keep doing it for another three months or another three years or whatever? Yeah, but you know what? To that same person, I would say, are you spending an hour a day at the gym? Because you don't have to wonder if that works. Exactly. But what's your excuse there? And by the way, to the guy that does spend an hour a day at the gym, consistently, religiously, hasn't missed in five years, if that guy says, if you if you've had that conversation with that guy, he'd be like, oh, sweet, I'll read an hour a day. No problem. I already go to the gym. In fact, it I'll, gets listen, it. I'll listen to an audiobook while I'm at the gym. Like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you heard what Mark just said... And your resistance just went up and said, yeah, but there's no certainty. I challenge you to say, am I the person who's going, who's getting up an hour early every day, an hour before I was and going to the gym with that hour or doing like, there's going to be some other place in your life where you're also not doing a thing where you don't have to, you can't, you you can't take the same cop out of lacking certainty because we all know the gym works.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, I literally think everyone's life will change if they just think of that. An hour a day will pave the way. One hour a
0: day at the gym or exercise and one hour a day of self-development. Google neuroplasticity. Google limbic resonance. You cannot spend an hour a day inside the thoughts of another person who's more developed and expert in an area that you desire competence. You cannot spend an hour a day inside of their thoughts and not have it change your brain. Any more than you can spend an hour a day in a gym pushing against gravity with weight and not have it change your body. So this idea that that it lacks certainty, unless you are arguing that limbic resonance and neuroplasticity are not actually things and that all psychology and neurological medicine is just made up hocus pocus, then you can't use that argument here either.
1: Yeah. And the other thing too, on that is you and I both know course junkies and book junkies and education junkies who don't achieve their goals. Like some people do spend an hour at the gym, but they're sitting on the treadmill on their phone. And so they're like, well, I put an hour in at the gym. I'm like, no, I don't know how I, I, I could speak like a sailor if I want, but it's like, I don't know how much that person thinks that they're putting an hour at the gym versus putting in the effort in the hour. And that's the difference I want to make here is two things. One, it's not the time it's the effort. And so that's a huge one for people to understand is you can't just like haphazardly be on your phone and reading a book. You need to just read the book. You can't be like listening to a podcast, but like doing some other activity that's distracting you from really listening. You can't go to the gym and kind of not really work out. I'm talking about for that one hour, for that one hour, it's just gym time. For that one hour, it's just learning time. That's the difference. You got to put in the actual effort. And then the second thing is, so it's not just doing the habit, it's the effort within the habit. Then the next thing is that um, you were saying, oh, well, what if the person says, oh, what if it doesn't work? If you're already talking yourself out of your goals and your dream life before you've even started on the path, then that's the first thing that needs to change. And again, it goes back to the conditioning and the environment. They're probably around a lot of people who say, oh, don't even get started on that, Jeff, because you know it's probably not gonna work out for you. You know the odds of you becoming a millionaire, Jeff? That's like nothing, there's no chance you're gonna become, a, don't, even, don't even try, just stay at your job because there's a good chance that in 30 years you could be a millionaire if you do that. And it's like, no, I could be a multimillionaire in 12 months in today's economy if I just start my own online business or affiliate marketing or e-commerce or whatever. So that person probably is around people conditioning them to think there's no way you'll even achieve that. So don't even try. And that's the first thing right there is they need to be around people like us who help them understand that like the time is going to go by anyways, that, that, which is why most people would rather just say the time's going to go by anyways. I'd rather work at a corporation for 30 years and know that I'm semi-guaranteed something. Where for us, nothing's guaranteed, but I know that if I put the effort in, Karma, law of attraction, the universe, it usually usually brings to you what it shows you're putting out the effort. Like in the gym, you can't grind for an hour a day in the gym and get fat. If you're eating healthy and you're grinding in the gym, your body is naturally gonna get in shape. It's the same thing. If you hang out around rich people, you get to the seminars, you listen to these amazing podcasts like Jeff's here, you read the books, you do the work, you're gonna change your life. But again, you can't just try to change your financial situation. You need to change your mindset, your beliefs, your habits, your health. Like going to the gym is not just going to make you feel better and look better. It's going to help you make more money. And that's most people don't get that connection because there are overweight people who are rich, but they're usually also people who struggle in other areas because they're so all in on the money that they're making excuses and stories about that. It's okay for me to let my health slide and my relationship with my children slide or my relationship with personally slide. I only have business friends and I only make money. Everything else can get put on the side. I believe it's about balance and integration if you believe in that and having having it all. I hate to say that and sound like a cliche person, but like you can have it all. You can have amazing relationships an amazing body, mind, spirit connection and be rich. You can have it all, but it doesn't happen on accident.
0: Yeah. There's all, I always say there's only two kinds of rich people. There's people that are rich because they're obsessed with money. And they're the guys that are like, well, that's okay. When my heart fails, I can afford the best surgeon. When my marriage fails, I can <clears throat> afford the best attorney. Like, it's all good because I'm rich. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then there's people that are rich because they're obsessed with excellence. And they have it all. So whenever yeah. somebody tells me they want to make more money, the very first thing we have to decide is, okay, you want to get rich? like, oh, I want to be rich. Cool. Okay, cool. Which kind of rich person do you want to be? Do you want to be a rich person who's obsessed with money or a rich person who's obsessed with excellence? And if you're a rich person who's obsessed with money, you, you'll, you'll probably go through multiple marriages. You'll have failing health. You'll be an asshole. Like nobody want to be around you, but you yeah. have lots of money. Do you want to be that kind of rich person? They say, no, no, no. Okay. You want to be a rich person who's obsessed with excellence. You're vibrant. You're alive. You have good posture. You speak well. You're, you're energetic. People like you. You bless the world with your abundance and that, all this stuff, right? Yeah, Yeah. I want to be that kind of rich person. All right. Awesome. Congratulations. You're now that kind of rich person. Just give it some time. The money will show up, but you can start now, right? It, it literally, it just, it can start now. You can, you know, what time are you waking up in the morning? Like, what have you got on your agenda for the day? Like, how much are you going to spend with Netflix versus how much are you going to spend? There's yeah. a list of 100 books. Like, that all can start immediately, and then it and then it just again adjusted for time. You're already rich.
1: Exactly, the problem, the I love money that. Will kind of
0: fill itself in there at the end when the curve goes like this because it's had enough runway. But like you start yeah. the habits, it's a done deal.
1: And like I was telling you earlier, with this sheet of paper here, um, I've already I've already made three hundred million dollars. I'm thirty right now, and I have twenty years before i'm 50 when the paper says i'll i'll be worth 300 million in net worth by the age of 50 or sooner it's already happened like i can go back to the jeff who was in the you know the basement 12 years ago but the mark version of that and i remember when i said all y'all think i'm the dumb kid who doesn't make money who's who's stupid and is the least likely to succeed and you know if i can't make it in school how can i make it in the real world and I'm telling everybody, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be rich. Tony Robbins and all this other stuff is like changing my life. You should study it too. And they're like, how could I listen to dumb kid who doesn't even know how to do good in school? And I remember saying, someday I'll make more money than all of you. And they were like, oh no way, no way. And uh, some of those people that I said that to are my homies, and we're just like you know guys grabbing at each other. Um, and now they work at my company. They yeah. work for, they work, they work with me, right, um, at my company. Um, and it's just the mindset of like anything i've set my mind on i'll be the best one of the best paintball players in the world did it i'll achieve the biggest prize money in the world i did it i'll have a multimillion dollar company in my 20s and be a multimillionaire in my 20s did it i'll have you know an eight figure company by 30 did it i'll have 300 million dollars by 50 did it and like you just said it's already happened the difference is every day i wake up and i'm living breathing thinking attracting and doing everything i possibly can So that it happens. I'm not saying it's going to happen. And then I'm not thinking, behaving, and doing everything to make it happen. And that's where most people mess up is they hear what we're saying and they just think, oh, well, you know, it's going to happen. Um, Law of attraction. And there's a lot of people in the woo-woo law of attraction space that are out of shape, you know, don't have any money. And they're teaching all this woo-woo law of attraction stuff, which I believe the universe does attract to you what you put out, what you think, feel, and behave comes to you. Um, But there's so many parts. Again, we could go for days um, about all this stuff, but there's so many parts where most people drop the ball. They think if I just do the woo-woo law of attraction, it'll come to me. And then they think, oh, but I don't, you know, they're overweight and they're like, that doesn't have to do with my law of attraction. I'm trying to attract this. And it's like, it's like, no, you got to have it all. You you do have to work on your body, not just to look good and feel good from, you know, oh, it's your ego. No, it's not. Working on my body affects my relationships, how I think, how I feel, and therefore everything in my entire financial realm. So going to the gym, working on yourself, reading, doing all this stuff. Again, there's like, we could do a whole seminar here as we literally do, um, but yeah, it's just such a fun conversation. I could geek out for days on you know investing, marketing, business, personal developments. But I'm gonna throw it back to you, bro. You let me know where you want to take it. I know uh, we're probably I,
0: probably gonna get to the end. I don't know. I could yeah, I
1: could yeah. keep going though.
0: I, I'm actually supposed speaking of the gym because I'm, I'm traveling. I didn't go to the, the gym. I have a challenge. I come to Vegas once a month. We hang out for a couple of days, but because I shift the time zone, I lose an hour. But then the gym at the win where we stay doesn't open until five thirty, and I have to be on calls at like seven. Mm. So it like ugh, it's my normal four and a half hour morning routine I cannot get done in an hour and a half before the work starts. So I just, <laughs> you anyway, know, the point is I'm supposed to be in the gym in three minutes. So we can, we can wrap up here pr- pretty soon. I, I just want to share one thing though, talking about like listening to that flicker in your mind of like, it's, 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 it's interesting. I've worked with a lot of people and there's, you know, a lot of resistance, I think to listening because it, If you're listening to a call, like a conversation like this, if you're in a situation where you might be exposed to Mark Lack saying to read an hour a day, it means you're already, you've reached, you wouldn't be in that place if everything in your life was exactly just so the way you want. And it never should be, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And so- So you say, well, how do I know if that one hour a day is going to work? Well, the 24 hours a day that you're currently living isn't working or else you wouldn't be in the position to have that, be given that advice in the first place, right? Yeah. And then we get this little flicker and then we ignore this flicker. And I want to, I'm just going to briefly share this little thing that happened to me the other day where I went with the flicker. I didn't give myself enough time to not go with the flicker, if that makes sense. And yeah. what, it, what it sparked for me, I had, uh, it was a few weeks, maybe a month ago, and I had actually been, you know, we were talking before the call about the, 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 the fear of complacency, the fear of comfort. That like once you mm-hmm. start hitting new levels, you got to start finding new devils because you've already slayed the ones at the old level, right? And it's like, yeah, you, you can rest on your laurels. And I had found myself you know, my company's grown 4,000% in the last 14 months. Like Sheesh. I have a completely different life than I did two years ago. Two years ago, I, was, I, I wasn't even taking a paycheck. I was just grinding to build the damn thing, right? And now it's like, I, I you know, and so I found myself and I've had this low grade anxiety because I'm like, I wanna be that desperately hungry guy again, you know? And yeah. about a month ago, I was speaking at this event and the guys from, are you familiar with Operation Underground Railroad? I'm sure you are. Yeah, of course, yeah. So the guy, Tim Ballard, was speaking at this event. And what was extra cool about it is he had, like, because it, the event was in Linden, Utah. And uh, they're they're based in, I think, Lehigh. They're based, like, right there. So it's like, his whole crew was there. They were, like five or six guys in the back of the room that all looked mm-hmm. like they could just kill you with their pinky, like <laughs> ex Navy SEALs, ex special forces, ex MMA fight or MMA. fight. They all, they're all MMA fighters at any given time. They're like almost <laughs> MMA fighters, and uh, just so cool. The, ener- the They brought this energy into the room and Tim Ballard was speaking and um, he was talking about their open up a new territory and uh, you know, they were trying to raise money. And like, I did not, I was like, it's not in the budget. I already do. We already have our charitable part of our life, like lined up, but I got two daughters, man. I can't hear about that stuff. He, he, for those who don't know, he rescues women and children from, from sex slavery and human Mm. bondage. I can't hear about that stuff and not like, Oh, you know, just come, come unleashed really. So as soon as he said that my hand shot, I hadn't even said what he needed yet. I just put my hand up and I was like, Anyway, long story short, we ended up, on uh, made a donation to help fund a mission that had, you know, was, ended up going in to rescue, I don't know, five or six women or something. Mm. And um, because of that, not because I gave money, but because I get, he said, because I gave money before he had even said what he needed,
1: mm.
0: he like, I got, he was like, I want to meet that guy. And I got to meet him. We got to, you know, he, I, you can't get his number by the way, because he changes his number every three months because there's like people trying to get him. But uh I got a number of like his crew and anyway they invited me to come work out. They have a CrossFit gym. It's called CrossFit OUR. They invited me to come work out at their gym the next morning. And so I got to go do a CrossFit workout with like five or six of the the scariest but also most <laughs> kindest human beings on earth. People that could like kill you with their pinky but they'd rather give you a hug. Love it. Unless you're threatening women and children. Yeah. And, uh and and it was it was an experience that I needed, because since that experience, that complacency is is fucking gone, mm. gone, dude. It died in that CrossFit gym. Those bearded grizzly Navy SEALs uh-huh. stomped that complacency right out of me, and since then, it's just been like, okay, look at what these guys do with their life. Mm. Who the hell, what right do I have to be complacent? Yeah. I just, you know, I sit back and push buttons on a keyboard and talk to guys like Mark, right? These guys put their life on the line to rescue what could be my daughter. So let's get that complacency shit. And that
1: was, and that was a choice too. Like that was their choice as a retired Navy SEAL to use their, their skills to to make a difference.
0: And it was, and and that's like us. I listened to that flicker and I put my arm up before I even had enough information to know what I was signing up for.
1: And I love that because that I was going to say that's like us where as we have a skill, we have a responsibility. They have a skill and they choose to use that with responsibility to make a difference. We have a skill. It's just different. And it's impacting people through education and making money. And we have a responsibility with that to make a difference. And so I love that you said you, your hand shot up because there's so many ways to make a difference. But I think a lot of people in this industry, they make money. And they don't make a difference. They leave that part off, and so I love that you shared that because I believe that when you have an amazing skill, um, you have a responsibility, and you know you're using yours to make a difference. And I do too, in my own ways, um, with philanthropy. So I, I love that's a great way to uh, to end it and summarize this, you know yeah, making was, making a difference.
0: It was it was powerful, man. And, and and my point with that is what I needed the kick in the ass that I needed. Still, as many times as I've Chameleonly morphed my environment. I needed another environmental change. I needed to go into a radical change of environment, which is this sweaty ass CrossFit gym with these mm. ex special forces guys that literally fight paramilitaries for a living to, to you, you never don't need that new environment to stimulate you. We
1: started the conversation with environments and we're, and even at this level, the new Jeff, the old Jeff changes environment to get to where he is. And even the new Jeff, is changing his environment to get to where he wants to go next. And, and that's just a, a great way to weave the whole conversation in is it's like every time, every stage, every season of life, business growth, it requires a new environment.
0: So, so to wrap up, going back to that, we won't use Jeff, we'll use Mark. That yeah. version of Mark, the undeveloped version of Mark. What's, yeah. and there may be a thousand of him listening right now. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing? that you want to say to that, that kid that he needs to hear? I would say you can become exactly who you want to
1: become. So be extremely clear on who that person's going to be. And then just know that you have to put in the work and no one's going to do it for you. It's no one's responsibility. It's nobody's fault, except for your own. You will become exactly who you choose So be extremely clear on who that person's going to be and then work every day to become that person.
0: So I know I said one last question. Can I ask a follow-up question?
1: And that gave me goosebumps, by the way.
0: (laughs) No, that's Um, Dude, talking to your younger self is so powerful. Um, My whole mastermind group did an exercise on that the other day. So my follow-up question is, you're telling your younger self to get that clarity. Mm -hmm. Brilliant answer, by the way. Couldn't agree more. Do you have an exercise or a process, and I'm guessing you might because you do personal branding work with people, Yeah, helping that younger version of yourself who may feel muddy, helping him get that clarity?
1: Definitely. So I'll summarize and I'll probably leave some things out um, just for the brevity of the conversation. But basically, I would say draw a little stick figure of you today and you who you're going to be. It's not about drawing muscles on them or money or anything. Right. It's just literally just stick figures for the sake of stick figures. Um, and then you say now, and you can say, you know, future. Um, now self, future self. And then I want you to write down, how does this person think, feel, and behave on a daily basis? How does your current self think, feel, and behave on a daily basis? What is this person's values? what does this person believe about themselves and what they can accomplish? And what is your current self? Just unbiased, unassociated, disattached. Just think like who, if my dream superhero version of myself, how do they think, feel, behave? What do they value? What do they, what do they do? What do they believe? What are their model of the world versus your current self? And then you'll see the gap. And then obviously The fill-in is I need to work every day on learning and conditioning myself to be in the environments to become that person. And there's lots of places to do that. Your podcast is just one of many environments to put them on the journey of who they are now versus who they want to become. And that journey is self-mastery, mastering oneself by getting 1% better in all areas of your life. Mentally, how do I get better mentally? I should read books. I should listen to people's podcasts and audio programs, most of which can be for free if you don't have the money, but you'll usually close the gap faster if you buy somebody's program or go to their seminar or get consulting. Most of the things you want to give you um, the financial help, the life help, the relationship health, most of that is for free scattered across the internet. We live in a beautiful world where almost anything, the how-to to achieve anything is almost On the internet for free um but the how-to is broken up in breadcrumbs and it's scattered across the globe good luck good luck piecing it all together at least in the time frame of which you want because we're all conditioned to be instantly gratified today and right now so most people like me are not patient they want it right now so if you do have some capital whatever you got to scrunch together. um, Stop spending it on stupid stuff. You don't need another pair of shoes to look cool. You don't need all this other stuff. You don't need a vacation. You don't deserve a vacation yet. Um, Save all your money and buy courses, education, a virtual summit, go to stuff like a in-person event if they're doing those right now. Um, But you get the point. Use all your focus, energy, and money on becoming that person. And until you become that person, you don't get the new shoes, the vacation. You don't get to go to the nice restaurant unless as on the journey, you want to reward yourself for making progress, which I believe is important. You don't want to slave yourself until because then you're in the the pattern of I'll be happy when I'll I'll only treat myself when and that's a bad pattern to get in. You do want to be grateful and enjoy the journey and be happy now, Um, but you want to discipline yourself to put most of your resources towards, um, achieving and becoming that person. Um, I believe that you will have every thought, feeling, emotion, relationship experience when you become the person who naturally has it, Mm -hmm. just like you and I have everything we probably could have ever dreamed of. And that makes us now complacent because we set the bar so low. We've already, we've already achieved it. And so now we have to raise the bar and set a new goal, whatever that looks like. If it's a philanthropy goal, if it's not finance anymore and lifestyle, then it's philanthropy and making a difference, whatever it is, we need to keep raising the bar. And so, you know, um, for that person, there's a lot of things you can do. That's a simple exercise, mapping out all your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, values, beliefs, model of the world, which means when I see a rich guy driving, do I go, what a prick? Or do I go, I wonder how he made his money. I wonder what he does with it. And projecting my model of the world is a successful person must have done good things to have achieved that. And hopefully they're using their success for good. At least I know I will. And changing your model of the world from the rich guy or gal, oh, she must've got it from daddy or she must've inherited or so he must've as well. He must've stepped on people's back. That's your model of the world. You're literally telling the universe success is bad. I don't want to be like these successful people. So if that's your model of the world and your beliefs, you need to change that. This guy thinks Successful people are like this. He believes success equals this. And there's a gap between you and that person. You need to slowly become that person. And if you don't even know what that person thinks, feels, behaves, values, and believes, that's the first thing you need to work on. If you can't even figure out what you should put into those spaces, There's that much more work that you have ahead of you, which really is just education, knowledge and getting access to the right people who already can show you that, you know, I always wanted to be Tony Robbins, but then I realized I want to embody the language patterns, the confidence, the physiology, I want to, I want to embody the traits and the values and the beliefs. That Tony has. I don't want to be Tony. I want his personality traits that anybody can learn to model. You can be an angry person. You can be a happy person. If I'm an angry person, you might be like, I don't want to be like that guy. No, you don't want to be angry. All of us can experience the emotions. So just remember what emotions do you want to have? It's not, Oh, I don't like that person. No, you don't like the way that they're talking. So you don't like their language patterns. You don't like that their language patterns influence you to feel inferior or feel bad. So it's not that you don't like that person. That person might just be having a bad day. So learning to have all these, I call them filters, to be aware. That's the first thing you need to do is become aware of how do I think, feel, and behave? What do I value and believe and see the world as? Because that is constantly a repetitive feedback loop that's going to condition me to have the same life or the better life. I can become the guy or I can stay this guy. And it all starts by having a higher level of awareness. So, when you think like the old guy, you can quickly filter and say, Nope, trigger. I'm thinking like the old me. I need to think like the new me. And so you can start to immediately think, feel, and behave like the new you. And eventually it will become unconsciously competent automatic behavior, because it's easy to think any way I could ask you a question and that would lead your mind into a great place, a proud place, a grateful place, or a depressed place, depending on the question I ask you, can lead your mind to a point of focus that will influence how you feel. And then that could set the tone for the rest of your day. So knowing to be ultra aware of all of the little triggers throughout the day and then decide through breath. I can bring myself back to a neutral state. So through deep breath, I can bring myself back to a neutral state, have the awareness to change my thoughts, my feelings, and my behavior. So when I see a guy drive by and cut me off in a Ferrari, instead of being like, what a douche, I can and say, that was what the old me would say. The, the new me says this. And I literally like a robot would say those conversations to myself. I would go, ah, what did you? And then I go, that's what the old me would say. The new me would say this. And it sounds psychotic, but it conditions you to immediately have a triggered response and awareness that when the old thoughts, feelings, and behaviors kick in, I'm aware through breath, I neutralize myself. And then I get back to thinking and behaving and feeling the way that the new me will until it becomes an automated response. And then you just are living the new version of you who thinks, feels, and behaves, values, believes this. And then all of your wildest relationships, dreams, experiences, finances, all come to you.
0: I think I asked the right follow-up question.
1: <laughs> and again we could do a you know we could I just know. geek out for days bro but i know you got to hit the gym so
0: oh it's dude that was a that was a perfect period to end on thank you man how uh, i mean i think you just left people dying for more where can they go to get it man how can they come get into your world
1: yeah, dude, it's so funny. We spent so much time just chatting about you know, stories and personal development and things of that sort. And really nowadays, I spend so much time talking about business, marketing, sales, funnels, acquiring customers. So we'll do a recap. We'll do another conversation another time. Um, just so people know, if they search me, I'm gonna be talking more about the other stuff than personal development, at least nowadays. But it's still, I, I live it every day. Um, but they can head over to shortenthegap.com. Um, shortenthegap.com. They can follow me on social there. I've got interviews, free resources, and things like that. Just at shortenthegap.com.
0: Shortenthegap.com. What about on social? Are you on uh, Instagram and?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm most right. active on Instagram. is my Is my favorite platform for right now. Um, and it's just Mark Lack M A R K L A C K.
0: Okay, we'll grab those links and uh, put them in the descriptions. Mark, this has been fantastic, man. Thank you so much for coming on Millionaire Secrets. It's great to see you again. I feel like uh, the world is getting back to the place where maybe I can say soon I'll, I'll hope to meet you again in person.
1: Definitely, brother, appreciate the opportunity to come on here.
0: You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.